0: Hi, everyone. This is Fundraiser Maeve, a.k.a. Maeve Straffy, chair of AFP Greater Toronto Chapters Fundraising Day 2019. And I'm delighted to present a podcast from one of the many amazing presentations this past fundraising day. What you're about to hear is building purpose-driven brand partnerships, the evolution of corporate engagement. This session was presented by Shauna Miller and Adam Starkman of SickKids. These two fundraisers have a combined 30 years of experience at SickKids, including corporate fundraising. Their session was interactive, a conversation about the shifting nature of corporate partnerships in Canada, examples of corporate personas you'll meet out there in the world, and how to develop integrated partnerships and proposals to bring corporations' values to life through philanthropy. I think every fundraiser's ears perk up when they hear about SickKids, as it's a major powerhouse in fundraising. So listen up and enjoy.
1: Hello, 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 everyone. Can you hear me? Wave if you can hear me. Woo-hoo! Um, hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Sonia Swerjuk and it's my pleasure to welcome you to your final fundraising day session, which is entitled Building Purpose Driven Brand Partnerships, the Evolution of Corporate Engagement. Uh, before I introduce our speakers, just a couple of quick housekeeping notes. If uh, you haven't already been tweeting all day, our hashtag is FD, 2019. If you have to leave the session early, pick up your kids from childcare, get to Gold Train, um, please fill out um, your evaluations before you go, or uh, fill out your applica- um, evaluations on the Fundraising Day app. Um, now, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our session uh, our session sponsor for today. I'd like to welcome Shannon Pitt, who is the co-founder of Yibu Digital to the stage. Thanks, guys.
2: Um, If you haven't heard of UB Digital before, we are an agency. We are lucky enough to be based in Prince Edward County, uh, a couple hours down the road from here. We support really, really brilliant brands, uh, amazing organizations uh, with their fundraising initiatives. We work uh, with all of the big technology tools that you probably have heard of. We do a lot of design and development, uh, marketing, communications, email work. I'm stuttering over my words right now, I'm so sorry. But we're just, uh, we're really excited to be here, to be at this event and to be sponsored. It's been a great day. I think this is gonna be a really good session.
1: Uh, so enjoy. Thanks Shannon and thanks to UV Digital for your generous support today. Um, it's now my pleasure to introduce our speakers for this afternoon, Shauna Miller and Adam Starkman. Uh, first, Shauna uh, has been with Sick Kids Foundation since 2004. She is currently the Senior VP Corporate and Community Partnerships, and she is responsible for leading a broad fundraising portfolio, including buildi- building multifaceted partnerships with corporations and community stakeholders. And I'm sure she's going to share more about that shortly. Um, Shauna is also our VP of Finance and also Secretary on our AFP Chapter Board, so, thank you for your service. Um, You can read more about Shauna um, on her bio, uh, her online bio, on the Fundraising Day website. But um, here are a few tidbits that you won't know, which include her favourite food being spaghetti. Um, Travel bucket list includes Portugal. She is a runner and a triathlete, and she loves the Gravenhurst Triathlon because she gets to jump off a steamship to swim to the um, starting point of the race, so that's amazing. And in keeping with fundraising day's 25th anniversary, 25 years ago, she was at Western University. So, hurrah for um, for that! Uh, Adam has been at Kids Foundation almost as long as Shauna. He joined the team in 2005. He is currently the VP Corporate Partnerships and leads a highly collaborative team that establishes and enhances integrated partnerships with his corporate partners. So that's all very formal, and you can read more about Adam's accomplishments <laughs> online as well, but here are a few fun facts about Adam. Uh, his favorite food is french fries. So if there's poutine or something available at the after party, um, indulge Adam, please. His travel bucket list includes Africa. Uh, He doesn't have any pets, but he's a fan of dogs. So sorry to all the cat people, including me out there. Um, Best concert ever, The Boss, Bruce Springsteen. And 25 years ago, he was trying to figure out what a raptor has to do with Toronto. Ladies and gentlemen, Shauna and Adam.
2: Thank you so much for the introductions and for all of you being here on the last session of the day. And to you, Digital, um, as a sponsor, we're thrilled to have you here today and thank you for your support. In the corporate partnership world, not thanking a sponsor is really a bad thing to do. So want you to know how grateful we are for that. Um, so yes, Adam and I have a combined almost 30 years of experience at SickKids Foundation. I think we're fairly rare in the industry. We've found a place and stayed there for a very long time. Um, but have had a lot of different fundraising roles in the organization, including major gifts, events, corporate partnerships, um, but it's really honed in on the corporate partnership space in the last uh, five to six years. So we really um, want this session today to be really interactive. Please interrupt us, challenge us, um, be part of the conversation. Uh, We don't really want to stand up here for the whole time uh, talking to you. We want to really have a conversation. So join us. So in terms of our learning outcomes for today, uh, we really talked about how is the shifting nature of corporate partnerships uh, changing in Canada and how are people wanting to partner with purpose. So that's definitely something we want to talk about today. Um, We want to talk a little bit about corporate personas and walk through a couple of different examples of personas of corporations uh, here in Canada and how do they engage with charities in very different ways and then also looking at how do we develop integrated partnerships and proposals, bringing in all the different ways that corporations want to engage with charity to, to truly bring their desires to life um, in their partnerships with us and deliver value back.
3: Great. So thank you all for being here and, and giving us an opportunity. Um, both Sean and I have sort of spent some time on the sort of the, the speaker circuit in the last couple of weeks. And so our feeling that, you know, we've done heard and seen a lot of people do a lot of talking. So as Sean has said, we're, our hope for today is really that, uh, that that we'll get to hear from you as well. Uh, one of the parts for me that I'm most looking forward to is that the conferences and, and sessions that I've gone to recently have had a lot of agency folks and some corporate partners. but haven't really had the opportunity to engage with fundraisers and 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 so um, for us this is really a a great opportunity to hear from folks that are engaged with corporate partners in in a variety of different organizations variety of different scales and and ways and and we really hope that we can you know sort of engage in, in some dialogue I think for this group, you you all will share the feeling and, and you know sort of appreciate that the idea of a corporate social responsibility and companies that have a, a defined corporate social responsibility is is now pretty much table stakes. It's it would be hard, it would be hard pressed to find a company that you're engaging with that you know sort of doesn't have a defined uh, CSR strategy or, or mandate. Um, and that may not have been the case five or in certainly not 10 years ago, but in today's, today's world that, that is definitely our experience um, is that, is that everyone, everyone is talking about corporate social responsibility, the role that it plays in their business and the role that it plays in the, in, in the, in the community. What is shifting a little bit and what what we're sort of really going to talk a lot about today is that that CSR is no longer sort of pushed out to the side um, as a standalone sort of office or, or initiative. Uh, CSR uh, programs initiatives cha- um, opportunities are really being embedded in many many parts of, of, of our partners work. Uh, we're seeing that come out in, in their marketing in their communications. we're seeing it come out in their HR uh, in their HR wor- worlds. Um, and so we're hearing more and more, I'm sure as you are, of people talking to us about their brand purpose, their company's purpose, uh, their employee purpose. This is becoming much more integrated into the work that uh, that that they're that they're doing. What we're also seeing in terms of trends is that companies are are because of that, because they're getting sort of more and more refined, they're they're engaging strategically with fewer and fewer partners. And so that's a, a challenge for for all of us to 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 understand and to know is that you know we're not we're now not sort of at the table with a whole host of other other charities. The companies are sort of saying we stand for a particular area, a particular need, a particular opportunity in society, and that's where and that's where our, our focus is. Where where this differs, and we'll talk a little bit about it, is in sort of the workplace giving or the employee giving space which is where we're seeing, you know, sort of actually a, a broadening where more and more companies are saying, we want our com- our employees to give back. We know that's important. We know that that it adds to the, the sort of the meaningfulness of their of their work. But we believe that that employee should have choice and that they should get to, to choose that. And so a little bit where these two things come together is yes, the employee choice is is broadening that that horizon, but more and more companies are leveraging single platforms to to enable and to facilitate that employee choice and and are leaning into those online digital platforms as the the sort of piece, and again, pointing all all points leading to to that point. Uh, Corporate partnerships is a a growing area and an exciting area, specifically in Canada. You may have sort of read and heard some of the recent uh, reports that came out this year, but uh, again, you know, sort of number one, way that, that Canadians are learning and hearing about charities is that the, in the retail space, the at cash ask is continuing to be uh, a very, very effective and popular way. Uh, younger Canadians are, are actually reporting that they are more likely to respond um, in, those, in those settings, also through email, digital, um, all channels that suggest that, that sort of employee giving, workplace giving, and corporate philanthropy has significant opportunity um, both now and, uh, and, and going forward.
2: So I had that opportunity to take a really little uh, mini-MBA course at Rotman a couple years ago and had a great speaker from P&G join us. And she talked about how when they brought a new diaper to the market for P&G, they wanted to understand the size of the prize. And so a couple years ago, um, my team was feeling like, you know, was there still room to grow our corporate partnerships portfolio at SickKids? Or did we really have kind of a a bunch of the corporate money out there? So we did this exercise. Um, to sort of dis- determine the size of the pri- prize, both in terms of the how many corporations were in corporate Canada, and also what were the dollars associated with corporate giving in Canada? And I think um, my team was kind of surprised by the exercise that we did, and what, why I want to put this up there is that I think a lot of people feel as though SickKids is getting a big share of the wallet, and certainly we are, but we're only getting 5% of the corporations who are giving us, giving to us at only 8% of the dollars. And so this challenge to my team at the time was, we want more of that. Um, But also just a sense that, you know, there is a growing uh, number of companies out there and a growing number of dollars. Now, the growing dollars is not huge, but it is growing each year that is available for us to find and harvest and nurture and, and engage with. So just a little sense of, what the landscape really looks like. The other piece that um, I think all of you are well aware of is that there are so many different diverse ways that companies are engaging with charities these days. And I think this gives us all an opportunity, depending on what type of charity we represent, to determine where the best opportunity is for that corporation. Is it in the cause marketing space with a retail partner or hospitality partner? Is it in the workplace giving where Small, large, medium companies, as Adam just alluded to, are looking to say how do we engage our our employees and what we believe in. Um, Employee engagement and volunteerism, certainly that's an area that the hospitals struggle with. We often say that there's just no way you can come in and pet the babies. Um, But many of you may have other opportunities to engage volunteerism and we're we're trying to always, at SickKids, thinking about unique ways to leverage the volunteer piece Um, Obviously, the traditional corporate donation and matching, and then the sponsorship portfolio. Um, When a a couple years ago, the other thing that we did with the team, and I recognize that we probably have a larger team than most of you in the room, but I think it's also still a great way to to look at the corporate um, sector, was we looked at industries, and so our relationship managers took an industry and they owned that industry. And that allowed them to become subject matter experts in that, say, financial and insurance industry, but also really understood what those types of companies were looking for in terms of partnerships. And I would, I would encourage all of you, whether you've got one person or a half a person in your shop or five people working on corporate partnerships, to really go about building a business surrounded by sector strategies and what might that sector be interested in or where might you find uh, 15 to 20 people within that sector at a conference that you can go and infiltrate and talk to 10 to 15 of those people in one afternoon Um, and really to think about the business because so many of the sectors are looking for vastly different things um, from from their charitable partnerships
3: we're gonna sort of shift gears in a minute just to talk about some of the corporate personas that we alluded to at the, at the outset, but happy to pause for a minute if anyone has any questions or other trends and sort of things that you're feeling um, as you are engaging with, with corporate partners.
2: Quiet, okay, <laughs> that's fine. Um, I was
3: hoping there'd be a question so I could set up the video. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so just in terms of that, oh, go ahead. Um, in the things like the cause marketing um, spirit, do you tend to go
4: with ideas, or are you passively kind of responding to,
2: say, ideas from there? Right. So I think that's a great question. Um, Adam and I have really tried over the last, two to three years to say to our corporate team, don't go into a corporate meeting with a deck and some preconceived notions. Go in and have a discovery call. Figure out what is the job that they want their partnership with the charity to do. What, What problem are they trying to solve? What activities do they want to engage with rather than having sort of the typical, let's talk all about us and let's pitch them whatever we've got on our menu of opportunities today. Jennifer. Mm-hmm. So,
0: that's a, so that's a great point, and I think that's the goal and legacy mm-hmm. of a lot of organizations wanting to meet with companies. But a lot of companies have like an online application form as <laughs> like the first step <laughs> in order to yes. get to somebody. Yes. Um,
2: Yeah, so that that is a really hard one, right? If a corporation isn't willing to have a conversation with you and are kind of like pigeonholing you into an online form, um, I think our desire is always to figure out, is there a volunteer that has a connection to that company that at least I can have a dialogue with someone in that corporation to say, can you give me some thoughts about what you're looking for in this, you know, online application or what types of ideas are going to be, you know, Interesting to you, in those kind of situations, Jennifer, you got to do what you got to do. Um, but I, I tend to shy away from those types of applications because I find that it's very hard. You can, you know, put your laundry list in there, but you aren't really able to put your best foot forward.
3: And I would only add one other point, which is, which is sort of that one of the things that we're trying to do is also sort of break down some of the perceptions that the community has around what sick kids is and what role we r- role we play and and come at them from perhaps uh, you know sort of opportunities that might not be immediately obvious. And um, you know we had a recent experience just uh, just last week where we got the exact same response as you described, which is you know sort of we don't we don't support healthcare and you know and that, or we don't support hospitals. And we were able to sort of actually demonstrate. Well, actually we're not coming to you to talk about hospitals. We're talking we're coming to talk to you about the role that SickKids plays around around food and food safety. And and just that sort of. You know, sort of slightly off, you know, sort of offside or or a surprising element uh, allowed us to at least have that first discovery call, and we may, you know, sort of still get pushed back to say, great, interesting that you do some stuff that we didn't know that you did, but we only fund these particular things, and and I think back to the the sort of the, the opportunity and the and the and the um, size of the of the prize, there are companies that are just not not sort of worth. Continue to try if it's never gonna if it's never gonna sort of fit in there in their mandate. So with regards to your first discovery call, who is your ideal <laughs> title? So it's a great question. You know, and, and it's a little bit of as we go through, I think you'll start to see um, where that differs. So in the first example that we're gonna we're gonna talk about um, is, is around brand. And so in that case, it would really be a, looking to try to get in front of, you know, the marketing department and, and appeal at, at that level from a, a brand purpose, brand partnership level. If we're looking to engage, you know, sort of around that employee engagement, employee giving, then trying to get in through the HR, you know, sort of the HR department is, is key. And it does sort of answer a little bit of that question. It's it's also not only presenting our our sort of impact in slightly different ways, but also what is the value that we bring to the partnership. So rather than saying, you know, your employee group can make a huge difference in our organization, positioning it on its its ear to sort of say, a partnership with us is is good for your employee group. You know, put their their needs and their their desires first um, and bring solution to the table is, is 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 an important shift.
2: Just also around that sort of lead generation and prospecting, uh, an old boss of mine said, and she was the, the CEO of a company, she said the only person who should be doing cold calling is the CEO because they can go CEO to CEO and open those doors. So if you don't have a senior level volunteer who can open those doors, I might challenge you each to say to your, to your president and CEO, if I drafted three um, new business door opener emails for you each week and gave you all the information and the contact, would you send them out? And where I've done that, I've certainly got those doors opened much easier than having staff do that sort of cold calling work. So it's another strategy, you know, and even the CEO to CEO can say, "Could you put me in touch with someone on your team who handles this?" Right? It doesn't need to be the CEO asking the other CEO for a meeting. Just give me a contact and open the door, because we know that when that CEO asks someone on their team at their company to meet with you, they're likely to say yes.
3: So I had to switch presentations, which is why I'm I'm just on on this side. So we we we've got. Four or five, you know, sort of personas that we've that we've uh, pulled together. Uh, a couple of them have some videos, and, and we'll walk you through some some case studies. And and the first one is is around this idea of a company that was looking to uh, to build their to build their brand and to and to reinforce their their brand. Um, and so, Kraft Peanut Butter, you know, sort of uh, is a partner of ours. It's been a a three-year partnership now with uh, with Kraft Peanut Butter. And and again, I think you know. Sort of at the outset, we might have thought like, what craft peanut butter, Children's Hospital? How is this going to make sense? What is it? And it really sort of came together when we dug into and, and took the time to understand you know that that craft uh, peanut butter's brand purpose is helping ca- uh, Canadian families stick together. And one of the things that sort of keeps those families from sticking together is food allergy. And as it turned out, as the, time, as the timing was such that SickKids had recently declared a very ambitious and, you know, sort of an, an transformative, uh, and transformative commitment and aspiration to cure food allergy in the, in the next 10 years. And as we started to think about those two align those the, how those two things align, we started to see some really exciting opportunities. And we've evolved the partnership over the last three years, but um, but we'll share a little a little video here for you to to get a sense.
5: Sick Kids is a brand that performs. This is how Sick Kids helped another brand perform. Craft peanut butter is about helping Canadians stick together. Food allergies often mean kids can't. Food allergy equals limits. At Sick Kids, we smash limits. That's where we found our shared purpose, defeating a common enemy, food allergy, within 10 years. Our first year was about fundraising and earned media awareness. Kraft Peanut Butter wanted to live their brand promise in a truly meaningful way. So if we
3: could just get rid of if a trace of a peanut wouldn't threaten my life, it
5: would just be so much easier. In 2016, we unleashed our rallying cry with an integrated marketing campaign.
0: By the year 2026, they'll have even bigger things to worry about. Because in only 10 years, Sick Kids hopes to have a cure. <laughs> Join Kraft Peanut Butter and help support the fight.
5: The results? We built brand affinity for Kraft Peanut Butter and engaged Sick Kids donors. Shared success led to Kraft Peanut Butter declaring the partnership a brand equity pillar, which brought Smoothie and Crunchy to our front lawn in 2018
0: all I have to do is hug the bear and Kraft will donate a dollar to sick Kids. If it wasn't for sick Kids, I wouldn't have a little sister
2: and this
1: wouldn't be happening. It's really good to be able to give something back to the hospital because they've done so much
2: for us.
3: The world falls out from underneath you. They can give you hope. He lights up? All these people that are coming together to hug the bears just demonstrates how much
1: Sick Kids means to the public. That is so beautiful. How are you so tall? <laughs>
4: People are doing little things to make a big difference in these patients'
5: and families' lives. It's something as simple as a hug that can go a long way. It's good to know that people care and that people want to help. We wanted 100,000 hugs, we got 2 million. Today, Kids is $6 million closer to defeating allergy. Craft Peanut Butter is living their brand promise. That's how SickKids helps brands perform.
2: So I, I think that this was our first foray into what is truly content marketing. right? So Craft Peanut Butter, this, this money didn't come out of their philanthropy budget. This came out of their marketing budget and they really wanted to partner with us on that, that brand promise piece. And it's something that we, we continue to think about too. Is like, how much is our content worth? What do we charge for this? It's a, it's a completely different space that I think we're all sort of teetering on right now, which is we have lots of um, great content that for-profit folks want. So I don't know if any of you have seen the Kleenex commercial that was done with a US hospital. Has anyone seen that? It's beautiful, right? There's all the N.S.U. nurses and Kleenex boxes everywhere. And we always talk about how much do Kleenex pay for that? Or did they just somehow do this for free as a stewardship activity? Because that is, for Kleenex, the most valuable thing you could do is give them the, the access to the NICU and that content to then put out a commercial that is as compelling as, and engaging. And I think we often talk about, like we don't want those corporations kind of to be able to eat our lunch. If we're offering up this content and this proprietary information for free, then what's the drive for many of these marketing driven organizations to give us a donation? It has to be linked. We have to be charging for that content. So
3: and and they have to be good partners too. Mm-hmm. Then that's the that's the piece around craft I think that is is interesting. It's not so much the content that i mean we've evolved over the content but actually i think what's most relevant for a broader group like this is is that they they wanted to engage with us authentically they were willing to sort of meet with hospital stakeholders and and community stakeholders and sort of go slow with us as shauna said as we entered into this this kind of agreement for the for the first time Um, and we've had subsequent conversations with other corporate partners and, and brands where we just haven't felt that where it's where it's it, it is really feeling like this is just them wanting to use you know the backdrop of our our NICU or our emergency department and that's and that's not what we're what we're interested in and in talking about. And and so again part of why we show the craft example is because it has been an evolution. It has it has been an evolution on both sides. They demonstrated to us their willingness to understand who we are and what is important to us. Uh, and we were able to demonstrate to them the value that we can bring to the to the partnership, and then we've sort of grown and, and layered on year year on on year. Question at the back end. Yeah. So just following up on um, your comment about you know, it not being 2 ways or straight, how did you go about actually doing the
2: value of it? <laughs> I wish we could be honest or like really um, clear and say we were strategic about it, we like valued it, we didn't. It was a bit of a negotiation with Kraft, in terms of understanding the budget they had available, understanding a bit of like where we draw our partnership lines. So at $100,000, there's certain things we will do for a donor. And so we kind of went back and forth and thought, OK, let's start with $100,000. But we were really clear with Kraft that we didn't want this to be a one-off. They were not in the position to sign a multi-year agreement at that time. But through all the conversations we had and all the consultations, we did feel like they were in it with us and so we said look okay hundred thousand dollars this year with a verbal commitment that you see this as a long-term partnership with us um, and we moved forward in that first year and then just 12 months ago we were able to so they did the second year with us and then they signed a multi-year agreement with us. Not really. Not a no. Not a
3: straight. No. Not a straight. You know, and and <laughs> part of it is also be to look at what they have brought to the table as well that we mm-hmm. that we you know sort of that that we wouldn't, um, and 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 so it's it it really is about finding a partnership, and it's it's understanding what value both. Parties are bringing to the table, making sure that both parties are finding mutual value in the in the relationship. So it is a little bit less of less transactional than the traditional sponsorship of you know mm-hmm. you give us ten thousand dollars and we give you you know this suite of you know of, of options. It's a little bit more of a negotiated you know partnership um, that you know that that we've that we've had to sort of wade our way through.
2: I think the other thing there. Um... Oh, what was I just gonna say on that? <laughs> um hundred thousand dollars. Go ahead. There was another question and I'll come back to what I was thinking about. Yes. I was
3: wondering when you have a brand partnership like the one we craft, you have all that content being produced, like giant bears and the big sign, and then the video that i think like, who's paying for that? Craft. Yeah, and that's and that was sort of the point that I was I was making, you know, is that is that it's it wasn't it wasn't just the hundred thousand and actually, you know, that that piece was partly in relation to their multi-year year commitment. Um, so it's it's what are they what are they also doing to activate that that partnership that plays into it? And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I was yeah. on top. Yeah. So the the hundred thousand, you know, sort of is is a is sort of the philanthropic element of it. Um, it's not pure philanthropy in the way that it's you know, not an anonymous check and they don't want anything out of it, but it's coming out of a, it, that money is coming directly to us to move the, the work forward. and then all of the activation and awareness pieces are, are paid for by the partner as well.
2: Just sorry, I did think about that. Uh, Also, part of the value that we thought about was that the food allergy program is a very under-marketed area of the hospital. And because they'd made this aspirational goal, and we weren't going to spend any marketing dollars to put the word out there, this partnership allowed us to get it out there in a huge way. So the allergy department was thrilled. We were thrilled to be getting free advertising. So again, that played into our desire to move forward with this. Jen.
3: So, so it's it. The hundred thousand is about is sort of what we would recognize them for. But truthfully, um, that's that's not really factoring into the kind of conversations that we're having. And 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 this may be unique to sick kids. It it's a shift that we're trying to to to, to push forward. Our our internal hospital policies are that we don't have brands recognized in the in the hospital and so um, if they were going to you know sort of if that was if if, if we're gonna look at a naming opportunity it would have been at the Kraft Heinz parent company level which Kraft peanut butter wouldn't see value in and so actually what we what we're trying to do in some of these partnerships is is actually shift that concept of you know sort of corporate recognition to be External facing, that—that's the value that, that we can offer you. Mm-hmm. Um, the name on our donor wall plaque is—is is really not that meaningful to a to a, and, a brand. And they were fine with that, and they—they've been okay with it.
2: Yeah, they weren't—they didn't really care about the internal hospital piece because what they got was the external marketing, and that's what they really wanted in terms of what they were, how they were, the KPIs. They—they they measured this partnership by the marketing KPIs. And so that was, again, the first time we had those types of key performance indicators that we needed to also help drive. It would make sense. Why
4: would they want a the little plaque on the wall of the six panels that are tied
2: Yeah. yeah.
4: Right. yeah. So, so. I just going to ask, I work for an organization that we have a collective giving model so that with some of the areas of, um, that we raise money for wouldn't get funded otherwise because they're not guess, sexy. sexy.
2: Right. So we, we set our fundraising priorities with the hospital. The hospital sets our fundraising priorities, the fundraisers get them, and we go out. F- food allergy was not necessarily the hospital's fundraising priority, so it was kind of like that rare disease or that orphan thing. And when we started to talk with Kraft, we kind of saw this as opportunistic. We thought, OK, the hospital isn't asking us for a ton of money at this, but wouldn't they love to talk about this? And so it was a lot of negotiation with the hospital to say, one, will you take this money for this program that you hadn't asked us to raise money for, um, but we won't, Kraft peanut Butter is not gonna give it anywhere else. So do we want this money or not? And then the other issue is around Kraft peanut butter causes food allergy at this point in time, although what our hope is is that all the research and education that we're doing is gonna make it so that you can eat Kraft peanut butter, but we did huge consultations with patient groups, with the physicians, with the nurses, to make sure that this wasn't gonna backfire because we didn't want people coming out to say why are you taking money from Kraft peanut butter when that's the cause of food allergy at this point in time and we were surprised because through those consultations anything that came up on social media that was negative at all our patient advocacy groups responded. Like We didn't have to actually do that responding, which is another thing that we find on social media. If, if the charity or the hospital doesn't have to respond to negative, that you're already your, your patient group or your advocates for your charity do the responding on your behalf, it's even better from a negative um, social media perspective. Yes?
3: We might have one at the, a little later in the presentation, we're going to talk about um, a partnership that we have with Canada's Wonderland and the launch of their world's largest, tallest drop roller coaster. I don't know if that (laughs) that fits your, fits your criteria. Um, I'm trying to think of sort of other examples that are sort of not your your immediate obvious connection.
2: those are always the ones that we kind of struggle with to start, and that's why we did a massive consultation because we really didn't want to go to market with this and have it backfire. But I can't think of those that where the the association is kind of like really. Um, but I think there are brands out there who who want to partner with a charity to improve their brand reputation, and brand reputation for the hospital is certainly something we talk about with any partner. So from a hospital perspective, it's the pharmaceuticals that we often are going through a lot of conflict of interest discussion around, will this partnership hurt our brand reputation? And we have a whole committee that kind of meets on that with that foundation and hospital to make sure that we are ensuring that there isn't a conflict or isn't a perceived um, risk in in our reputation.
3: There's a question in the middle here.
4: within your organization they're like we don't want to make a
3: hashtag that says in 10 years so i think the key piece is that it wasn't us who came up with the that aspiration that that was the hospital's sort of and the and the research group and the and the healthcare teams sort of you know moonshot that was that was what they had declared as this is what we're what we're striving for and i think that is also what gave us as the foundation and and you know the ability and the comfort to go to a, a corporate partner with with that which is exactly as you described is we might not get there exactly in 10 years but what we are confident about is that we will have significant progress to demonstrate that that we have that we have taken on that on that challenge um, and so I think it, it you know again it, it couldn't be faked like we couldn't as a foundations Sign the hospital up to say, you know, guess what? You got 10 years to, to cure it, to cure it, because we said that you would. Um, it had to come from them, um, but it was a bit of that sort of coming together of a group at the hospital who was willing and and sort of willing, you know, sort of ready to put a stake in the ground. Um, uh, the foundation and the, and the marketing team, and you know, under Shauna's leadership, sort of the, the willingness to sort of say, okay, like, yeah, we can find comfort in um, in this. And I think you raise a really good point is we are going to have to think about how we message, you know, sort of, you know, ongoing progress, but certainly at the 10 year mark, um, what progress we have we have made and, and what what we need to what we need to keep doing. So, meaning a 10 year campaign and you know, a multi year 10 year agreement, got- uh, we wish. <laughs> <laughs> If you know anyone, we'd be happy to talk to them. (laughs) But but
2: I think that, that that aspirational vision has to be there for these types of companies to get behind it. I think Kraft would fully agree that we may not get there. And they're okay with that, but it has to be put out there. Otherwise, there's not sort of an urgency, a sense of time, and an end goal that we're all driving towards.
3: So it's, it's so I think the fizzling out piece is you know to your point we're, we don't know what Kraft's responsibility and, and, and role will be over the next seven you know seven or so years um, but we but what we do know is that you know sort of that movement within that part of the hospital and that part in that community is is going to is going to, to maintain and and actually it's you know when Kraft first stepped up to this. They envisioned that they weren't going to do it alone, and that and that was a really important part of it was that they wanted to step up and say we're we're in, but we can't do it alone. And so that's part of our work as well as to think about who are those other companies and those other partners um, that that are coming along. And you know, and, and, and so we have some conversations happening with you know sort of. Um, Companies that are in sort of the, the milk business, you know, milk business, because you know, dairy allergy is, is is part of this. And so, what role do they play? Uh, we've got we've engaged mm-hmm. conversations with some restaurant you know brands. Again, tr- similar similar sort of mindset, which is this is this is important for you know sort of for your business as well, because then more more families can come and enjoy and be safe in your in your establishment. So we're you know we're we're continuing to, to engage others as well. I'm, I, there's, this is great, I just, we have other <laughs> examples, so we can keep but going. But let's just but, like, yeah, let's, yeah.
2: if there's people who want to have the conversation.
1: Go
3: yeah.
2: Ahead.
3: Oh, oh sorry, sorry, we asked more people.
2: Sorry. Adam and I are saying yes to different
3: people. <laughs> let's start here and then. So Shauna made the point around sort of KPIs, and I think it's it's a you know it is key that you have those conversations with partners when you mm-hmm. under when you understand that we weren't we weren't claiming to we we sort of don't have any example well the roller coaster example is a little bit like that but we'll get to that in a second um, but in this case we were not talking about drive to sale this was about in number of impressions, impressions. Um, and so that's what Kraft was focused on and that's what we were and that's what we were delivering in terms of in terms of, a, of, of value. We did. Yeah. We did. Well,
2: it's interesting. They also wanted to drive to donation. And what we realized is that those numbers were actually not at all close to the KPIs we both had hoped um, in terms of donations on the website where there was a little bit of drive to that. But what we did get from all of the activity was another major, an, another $100,000 major gift donor that we had never spoken to before who came to us and said, oh, I saw the Kraft peanut butter um, campaign. I'd like to make a gift. So, At the end of the day, we didn't achieve it through the vehicle or the channels we had hoped. But we certainly got the word out there. Um, So it was also an interesting year two shift of what are we going to measure in year two. And we shifted those with them.
3: There was a question in the back corner.
0: Mm-hmm. but you're a smaller organization.
2: Do you have any ideas as far as what, what you can leverage more in those of those corporate partnerships? So certainly I think that those, those ones, <clears throat> those partnerships are probably more driven through some of the other activation opportunities through employee giving and that type of thing. But I think that there are, Some corporations, um, you know, we were listening to Jennifer Kerner at TELUS talking about supporting some of the more grassroots charities out there that probably don't have the brand recognition, and their whole desire is to drive some of that brand recognition with a partnership with TELUS. So I do think that there are some organizations out there who um, are saying, look, our whole mandate is to engage with smaller companies to bring them along with us as we go. How about last question last and then, question, then we'll Last question we'll,
3: and then we'll, you can ask others. A question on the process of your conversation with
2: Craft. From sort of start
1: to the first that they launch, the
2: launch, event, how long was that? At least 18 months. So we started with the CMO at Craft. Um, So we started far outside the philanthropy world, but we did start quite high, and Tony Mata was the CMO at that point in time, and he was right on board, especially when we started to talk about food allergy. But it took at least 18 months from the first conversation to launching the partnership. it was just more that we're not, we're not the top priority, right? <laughs> so, we were really persistent, we, our VP of marketing was very persistent with him, we engaged a little bit of, she knew someone at his agency, so we kind of like tried to work it all ways, but it was just a matter of getting in his calendar, keeping it top of mind and pushing it forward. As soon as he assigned, he said yes and assigned his director of marketing to run with it, we were, we were gone but it took a long time to get there.
3: Okay, let's let's uh, okay, switch gears <laughs> a little bit and then we can have another great discussion. This is fantastic.
2: <laughs> so um, employee engagement, and I, I feel as though this is the conversation we're having in our shop almost daily, is the shifting nature of employee giving in corporations. And I'm sure all of you have experienced the shift from United Way to Benevity to One Cause to all these different platforms that everyone is on, and you know, how do we figure out, how do we get profiled on Benevity, or all these types of um, new exciting things. And then most recently, the Facebook fundraising campaigns, and where does that come from an employee perspective? And so um, we are constantly in dialogue with how does our charity remain relevant and top of mind in a time where everyone is out in the marketplace, which we are very supportive of because We've always wanted um, a chance for people and employees to give to sick kids as part of their overall um, employee giving campaign. But um, we've been working with TELUS uh, as a great employee giving partner who has come on board with us. Um, and we have a little bit of a video to just show about their activity um, that we were able to put together for them. So yeah, give where you live. The people at
4: TELUS are committed to making a positive and lasting difference in their community. Their rallying cry is clear, give where you live. SickKids treats kids from Toronto, Ontario, and across Canada, which makes SickKids the children's hospital where they live. Building a new SickKids is a cause that rallied TELUS employees, and they have rallied to us. Their level of commitment is outstanding. So
0: when we became a catalyst donor at TELUS, We thought it would be great to engage the team and start a committee to start all those fundraising activities and get the team understanding why we were giving back and why we were doing this with sick kids. We thought maybe we'd get a dozen, maybe two dozen responses, have a great, solid committee. We were completely overwhelmed with the response, so much so that we had to create a waiting list.
4: Their level of fundraising is inspiring. Via grassroots event, donation via paycheck, and the most revenue-raised surplus product sale we've ever seen. Telus and Telus employees have committed one million dollars to build the new Sick Kids.
2: We are the Telus
4: crew rallying employees to create engaged and energized partnerships. That's how Sick Kids helps brands perform.
2: So I think the key to our Telus partnership is that. Jennifer has been an amazing champion for us, for sure. But she's willing and TELUS is willing to do things in their office. Um, I think many of us struggle to find engaging, meaningful, valuable volunteer opportunities for people in our offices, in the hospital and uh, work site. And so I think there is also a shift in the CSR group from an employee giving perspective that know that they don't want to be adding work to us that's not meaningful and valuable. And so I, I do see a shift in people saying, OK, how can we do these types of employee team building exercises and activities um, in, their own, in their own shop? I don't know if any of you saw Sarah Chapman from Deloitte um, a couple weeks ago at the, the Causes and Companies. Yeah. yeah. And so she really was honest about, we don't really want to be doing stuff that is just a make work project for you. And I think there is a realization that there's been a lot of that in the last five to 10 years.
3: I'd say, you know, I think the other thing about the TELUS example is what you really see is uh, the combination of incredibly passionate and committed uh, internal champion, um, and then also sort of the empowerment of the employee group. And so a lot of those ideas are coming just from small groups of employees who want to get involved, who want to come up with those ideas. And sort of blowing blowing the, the top off of the opportunity, and just bringing their energy, bringing their creativity. That's so much about what all the companies are talking around around that employee engagement piece. Is people want to engage in projects that are meaningful to them. They want they're happy to put in extra time and extra energy and extra work into a project that is is meaningful that that is that they can work autonomously around it, where they can engage colleagues that they might not otherwise work with, um, there's a huge amount of energy for those kind of things. And I think what TELUS has done so brilliantly is they've sort of let it let it go and let those, those groups you know, sort of take off and do the, the fun things that they want to do. Um, and that's why they're seeing the, the positive impact on, uh, on, on their employee engagement as well.
2: I think the one last piece, if we're completely honest, we had been working with TELUS for probably six or seven years and they were very generous with us through their community fund and other small fundraising initiatives and Jennifer was always a great champion. But it wasn't until one of our campaign cabinet members invited an EVP at TELUS to join the cabinet that we were able to close this gift. Hmm. So again, it just shows you know some of us feel as though those volunteer committees are a lot of work, they take a lot of time and energy. Some volunteers do a great job, others not so much but I, I really don't think that this would have come without that senior volunteer engagement. Questions?
4: Yeah. This is making like more of a comment or something that we're still mm-hmm. observing. while I think that you're saying that there's this understanding that while well, we don't want to make work projects or all these things, it's still not Happening, happening. Totally. yeah. And
2: And do work for you. And it's like, well, we don't, it's going to cost you -hmm. $5,000. Good. Good. make work project
3: and our favorite are when they call us and say that we need to come in on June 3rd with 50 people
2: LA Children's um, presented at a conference we were at recently, and um, they—if anyone's looking for that kind of structure—obviously the, the dollar amounts shift, but I think on their website they have a really clear framework of what they do for what dollars from a volunteer perspective. And actually, if interested, yeah. More
3: can share that. Be great. That'd be great. Yeah, wonderful. It'd be like a smaller be yeah. terrific.
2: I do think that having that threshold is imperative.
3: What, a question here. What organization are you at? Oh, Evergreen. Evergreen. So if you know Evergreen. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and a question just behind you. I have a question about how proactive you are with bringing
1: out your workplace giving apps or your current ones.
2: I'm gonna let you answer that, Adam, because you're in the thick of that.
3: We are very proactive in, so we've, we've really set, identified that workplace giving is a, an, an incredibly important part uh, for us. Um, our team is just going to launch, as of Monday, um, a, a, a versus 150 friend challenge, so this is an internal challenge on our corporate partnerships team to make 150 new friends in the corporate world to really just start the conversation around um, uh, around you know, not just workplace giving, what, what a potential partnership could could look like, um, but we are very very actively trying to seek out new partners. Um, we're looking at it from you know sort of the grassroots level of can we get in and engage um, with with you as a uh, directly with a, as a as a company, we're also very very actively trying to understand and unpack those sort of um, giving portals that companies are, are rolling out um, and trying to make sure that we are maximizing the opportunities that exist there uh, Anytime that there is an employee fair or a uh, you know sort of a, a giving opportunity, we try to, to have members of our team out out doing that so so yeah it's a big part this same Yeah. So to do that, how many people do you have in the corporate teams that are kind of out there someone to take insurance Yeah. Or something? Yeah. So I was going we we're going to talk about it a little bit at the towards the end, but I'm happy to. So so we have our in the corporate team, we have sort of two parts of our business. So we have what we call our cause partnerships, so that's a little bit what you're seeing here in terms of the brand building, um, the, those sectors tend to be uh, consumer-facing opportunities. So those are your at-cash asks, your cause marketing, your brand partnership world. The sectors that fill that space are uh, retail, hospitality, food and beverage, entertainment, those those kind of partnerships. And that team is about seven or eight people on, on that team. And then we have a, a similar-sized team uh, on the What we call core corporate side, um, which is tends to be companies that have a sort of a more, for lack of a better term, traditional uh, corporate philanthropic uh, process. Uh, So some more just sort of straight corporate donations, specific, you know, either capital. Part, capital campaign partners or designated uh, fund funding partners, uh, the workplace giving world sponsorship. Um, those sectors tend to be sort of the financial institu- institutions, insurance, manufacturing, pharma, uh, and a few and a few others. Um, so we are we are a big team. There's I re- you know, yeah, sort of, we recognize no, that probably no, no one question. else in Canada
2: has the team we have. So. I get that. I I think, though, what we've found, the discipline, even if you have one person, the discipline of looking at a sector or an industry as its own standalone and looking at the top three prospects in that, and what does that industry typically fit from a persona perspective, what do they want, what job does partnering with the charity do, has really helped our team think about those sectors as their own individual pieces and really hone they're prospecting in a different way. So I do think you can still do that with one person, if that's how you sort of think about your prospecting a bit differently, rather than kind of saying, oh, we're just going to go to these eight companies because we saw them on the Fortune 500 list.
3: And I even think just sort of the rigor of understanding sort of what the likely channel of fundraising is, is helpful. So if you had two people, just to even think about you know, that difference between, OK, well, these. Kind of companies are likely going to engage customers and you know external stakeholders versus these companies are likely to engage internal you know stakeholders. Mm-hmm. That might be a helpful you know sort of distinction even in a in a, a smaller smaller shop or team.
2: And also if you do have someone, even one person, from a marketing perspective how is that fundraiser really partnered with that marketing person to go on our calls? So many of the times now we're going out with our marketing department on calls because they speak the language of the Marketers on the other side of the table and we've just found that those conversations have gone in a very positive way way quicker than a fundraising call where we've traditionally Talked more about the philanthropy and the employee giving stuff versus you know the marketing and content stuff So we found those paired calls have been a a really great opportunity for us Jen Well certainly though that corporate side used to be quite a bit greater than the cause side and they're now almost raising the exact amount of money. So definitely the cause side has grown faster. I think where you're just still seeing the big gifts are coming on still from the banks and the you know the, the known entities, but we're seeing, you know, cause campaigns raising a lot more than we originally had thought or and helping with the brand, yeah, yeah. for sure.
3: Yeah, I was, uh, the big gifts are still coming, sort of from the more traditional corporate philanthropic budgets, but uh, but the numbers are there. We've got like 10, <laughs> ten minutes. I know. Go. Ahead. Um, so we can. Uh, <laughs> let me just see what. So we'll we'll play this video. This is this is um, this is an interesting one, only because I think forget the content, forget the what what this is really about is authenticity and and, and powerful storytelling, and I think that is what. We, as any organization, can do. And there was a question earlier about, you know, sort of small organizations and not being able to, you know, sort of have that 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 brand, you know, sort of alignment. Um, the point that I would have made to sort of to that that is, um, we all have really powerful stories about the organizations that we work with, and the ability to partner with another uh, a, a corporate partner on storytelling, whether it's in a video or high social media st- social media or whatever or if yeah. it's just at that sort of direct level that's what that's what um, what this is about
5: Samsung's brand promise is using technology to bring people closer to the things they love one of SickKids biggest battles is the fight against missing out and missing home Samsung and SickKids made a perfect match Samsung's people rallied to bring Samsung's technology to SickKids' fight in a purpose-driven partnership. The Samsung Space at SickKids opened in 2017, bringing joyful experiences to the hospital. We showcased the partnership with content that demonstrated how Samsung technology could bring kids in hospital closer to home. Showing Alina the love generated a massive amount of brand love for SickKids and for Samsung.
0: Instant buzz cuts for these girls, boys and even teachers. A show of support for their classmate Alina Anker, currently undergoing treatment at SickKids for stage 3 cancer.
5: Alina's been going through a lot and she really needs uh, us to show her love and support.
0: Speaking with us over FaceTime from her bed at SickKids Hospital, Alina couldn't believe the outpouring of support. She's tired and like most young patients here, she misses home. So SickKids Hospital and Samsung brought a taste of home to her. With the help of a Samsung Gear 360 camera and virtual reality, Alina was transported to the places she loves. The purpose of the technology is to take patients like Alina to places they love without actually having to leave the hospital. And starting in January, more kids will be able to experience the same thing
5: we delivered over 3.3 million earned media impressions. But most importantly, we delivered for kids like Alina, a purpose-driven partnership that's win-win, connecting patients to home and employees to a cause. That's how SickKids helps brands
3: perform. So I, I love that piece of content for, for first and foremost, but I also just think that again, it's not to me for, to share it in this room is not, um, about the number of impressions, or the use of VR, or any of that stuff, um, it, it is again just about that ability to find those very, very compelling storytelling uh, opportunities, and thinking about how your partners can help to um, amplify them, how you can use them in the employee giving space, how you can use them to open doors, um, you know, sort of for some of that new business, new business work that we that we talked about, uh, and and then the the other piece is. We hear more and more companies talk about, you know, sort of their purpose and what they're doing to do good in the world, and often they don't involve a charity or a not-for-profit. And I think that one of the things that we are going to see going forward is more and more the, the, those companies and, and sort of consumers are going to start sort of poking holes in that. Um, and that's where I think this group and, and our sector really plays an important role. Is we bring the authenticity to these partnerships. Samsung uh, contributed a million dollars to, to SickKids. They can they can authentically talk about you know wanting to connect people to the things that they that they love. Um, it's not just a brand spot. It's not just a, a, a demonstration of their technology. They're walking the walk. And uh, and I think companies that aren't and who are out you know with great splashy ad campaigns that don't to having any real meaningful impact in the world are gonna fall off fairly fairly soon. People are gonna start to dig into what are you actually doing to to move the needle on the thing that you say that you that you care about. Um, and that's where I would no. leave leave our conversation. Yeah.
2: No and I just want to add one thing because again like being able to produce a video like this, obviously not everyone can do it. But Liz, I was thinking about YPT and thinking about you take we're seeing a lot of people just taking a video a 30 second video on their phone, right? Technology has changed the way in which we can deliver these kinds of stories. So you go to the drama school one day and you have a 30-second spot from the little the girl that I sat beside at the gala last week, and send that out like you know package that up with social media posts and send it out to your partners and say, do you want to talk about YPT in sport? And I think that there's like a lot that we can do in a pretty low-budget, high-tech way to deliver kind of that storytelling in a way that you know. Um, is really meaningful for those companies. They, they're looking for content. Okay, let's, we're not gonna do the other two, no, right? No,
3: two minutes for <laughs> any other question. There are a couple <laughs> other examples. They're not important. I think we've covered a ton, um, and this was perfect. We wanted to run out of time, so this was, this was great. Can you share this presentation so can the other examples? Sure. For sure, yep. yeah. Yeah, happy to.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, because we ran into that challenge as well, do you have any advice or um, kind of strategies for how you
2: reach those more senior level leaders? So we do a lot of kind of figuring out who knows who and asking people, and a lot of people, our boss would always say, don't just ask someone who they know, do a bit of digging, what boards do they sit on, what associations do they sit on, because often we find that, you sit in front of a senior level volunteer and say, who else do you know in your networks that could help join our campaign? And they're like, I don't know. But then you put a list of 20 people in front of them. And you're like, you're Do you know anyone on this list? And they're like, oh yeah, I know these five. And so Ted would always say to us, never go in front of a volunteer without a list of prospects in front of them. Because when, when you ask an open-ended question, you won't get much. So I I think again, the internet is great these days. You can figure out quickly through LinkedIn and through other things how are these people associated, and then you know develop your sort of 25-person prospect list and say, do you know these people? Or don't do it on the person and just you know say, these are the 25 companies that we really need to get into. Do you know these companies or these people, these CEOs?
3: And it's it's a bit of like just keep keep going Um, you know so part of the the 150 challenge that we're engaging in is yes we hope that they will result in gifts but it's also about you should talk to someone and you should you know or you should engage with 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 this person i use our colleague who's the vice president of major gifts as the the ultimate and Mm -hmm. most incredible networker that i've ever ever seen Um, colin and ted spent a couple of uh, months uh, over a course of of, uh, the year Um, leading our Caribbean project, so down in the Caribbean, uh, meeting with, they'd have about three meetings scheduled and, you know, sort of those three meetings led to six meetings which led to nine meetings and they were literally sort of running from one end of the island to the other end of the island because someone said, well, I I can't help you but you should talk to someone else (laughs) who they might be able to help you and and I use that as an example when I talk to my team about that's that's kind of part of our job is to just start making connections Start the conversation and see who people know and who they're willing to yeah. introduce. Colin you to. always
2: asks at the end of the meeting, "Are there two other people that you can connect me with?" And almost always, people are like, "Oh, oh, okay."
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? So he's amazing. He's nobody better in my in my mind. Thank you all so much yeah. for joining us. So it is it is five o'clock, so we'll wrap it up. But.
1: Well, everyone, I think the hallmark of the final session of the day is always a testament to how many people are still in the room at (laughs) 5 o'clock. So um, hats off to Adam and Shauna for what was truly a fantastic session, if I'm a bit biased, but I thought that was fantastic. we have a small token of appreciation from the AFP Greater Toronto Chapter, who will be making a donation to a charity of your choice, which may or may not be sick, kids. <laughs> um, so thank you for sharing so much about your learnings and strategies and some tactics and experiences with brand partnerships and the evolving um, the evolving nature of corporate engagement. Um, Certainly 25 years ago, it was a whole lot different, and I'm not sure how many of us will still be around in 25 years in this particular field, but um, dare to dream and dare to change. So thank you both. Um, Thanks also to all of you. It was so fabulous Mm -hmm. to hear your questions. Mm -hmm. So thank you for being engaged throughout Um, Thanks to our session sponsor, uh, Yibo Digital. And if you're able to join us at the after party, which is sponsored by Blakely at Steam Whistle, we will see you momentarily. Thank you so very much and have a great rest of the day.